The following is an encore presentation of The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420 and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075 are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday virtual show. Because of COVID, our show is still temporarily moved virtually. Eventually, we'll get back into studio. You can listen to our show on podcast or on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you are hearing our show at a different time, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show, or you can call into the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show, uh, we're going to be having a panel conversation with our two great guests. We have Tibby. Botican of A1 Senior Care Advisors and Rosie Aiello of the Love is Kind Network. We will also have a conversation with Tibby on care options for seniors and followed conversation with Rosie on Stop People Pleasing please. (laughs) Great information and great guests in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now let's start out today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. What do you got today, Keelan? Well, um, today, I, I always title my money chats. Today's was, my title was Keeping Score because I was looking at some stats and uh, for our listeners and those out there's benefit, these are things that you really got to keep your eye on and hopefully improve your family's life. I want to talk about a little bit about real estate investing too. So uh, let's start out with King County, the counties that are close to us. So the median price in King County right now is 644,356. The one-year appreciation in King County is 6.49%. A five-year appreciation is 28.6%. I mean, think about that. Five-year gain would be $193,311. The inventory right now, there's two homes for 1,000 people. That's like in most uh, counties around us as well. So inventory is down 2.19 million total population in King County, 922,000 of those are renters and 237,000 of those can afford to purchase a home right this second. So in five years, based on that median price, your home would be worth a hundred or excuse me, 837,667. Same facts for Stahomish, medium price, 474,362. Total population uh, is 794, 794,000. One-year appreciation, 6.17. Five-year, same as King County, 28.77. Five-year gain, 136,000. 282,000 renters, 72,000 can buy a home 
right now. And in Pierce, the medium price, a little less, kind of small, medium, and large, or backwards, large, medium, and small. Medium price is 344. Uh, one-year appreciation, 5.16. Five-year, 23.19. Um, and that means your home would be worth $424,373 in five years. Total population is 871. Renters, 353,000, 89,000 who could buy a home right now. So why do I mention that? Well, the three closest counties in Seattle, there are 1.5 million renters out there. It's actually five, five, nine million rent, uh, renters out there. And the biggest um, that are literally just giving their wealth away to property owners. And that kills me in my position because my job is to get people to own homes and live the dream. 875,000 of those people can afford to purchase a home at this exact second. So I'm going to challenge all renters out there to take the path of homeownership. Tina and I uh, talk to people every single day that doesn't think it can happen and we make it happen. We assess where you're at. You put one foot in front of the next until um, you get keys to a house. And I can't tell you how many people come to us just wondering and end up a homeowner. So it may be credit. You may be saving money for a down payment, or it could be just finding the right house, but it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, when you talk to a professional like us. So so um, either the largest portion of your money that you're going to spend to put a roof over your head, either you're putting that towards your future or you're giving that and uh, giving it to another entity that is lining their pockets with it. And that kills me. If we take just a, an example of King County, the median price of 644,356 appreciation over nine years is 5.89 estimated value in nine years, a million 78. So that means the principal balance remaining on your loan would be 456,000 and your net gain from buying that home and nine years is 441,720. This, my friends, people is the exact reason that I got out of being a financial advisor and was drawn to real estate as an investment as a whole, just because where do you find an investment that can do that? Um, an example of that is I own a property. Uh, I'm fortunate to own a rental property. I've owned it for some time and I threw a bunch of money into it. And so that increased the amount of rent that I can get for a house. Now, when people buy a house, usually you don't live in it forever. You're either going to sell it, take that money and upgrade, or you're going to rent it out. I chose to rent it out. So I'm not cash flowing on that property. I'm not going to say how much I'm cash flowing, but I will tell you that my minimum to cash flow on a property is $500. So it's more than that. Not only does it cash flow, it's appreciating every month and year the home is worth more money as it goes on. Not only that, but somebody else is paying my mortgage every single month for me. Uh, so my mortgage is going down. My property value is going up. Um, and lastly, at some point, um, I'm going to be able to sell that home. I mean, I'm gaining in the total amount of what the home is worth, even though I borrowed half of it. So talk about leverage. Um, so when it's said and done, I'll own the house outright and just sell for whatever it's worth at the time if I choose to do that or if I want to keep it and continue to cash flow. So what other investment uh, works like that? Like, you know, there's nothing out there in the world that's going to do that for you. I mean, for example, I'm not only... I'm not just saying that real estate is the foolproof way to go, but I would say that it can be a, a major vehicle uh, for you to increase your family's wealth. I mean, it's paying me as I invest it, and I'll have that investment that I could sell. There's nothing else that that works like that. I mean, Warren Buffett said, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you'll work until you die. Now, that sounds kind of morbid, but the reality is this is leveraged asset and my money is going to work for me even when I'm sleeping. And so I would love for anybody who's interested about that, call me, call Tina and, uh, and talk to us about it because knowledge is power yeah. and chances are you can own a home. 
That is wonderful, Keelan. And yeah, there is nothing else like real estate. Where can you actually get somebody else to pay for your investment? And you know, for the renters out there, the sad thing about rent is there's no there's no end in sight. Hmm. You know, there is no end in sight. You will continue paying rent and it will continue to go up. Whereas mortgage, eventually you're going to have it paid off. Or like Keelan said, you leverage it. So it is a really great investment. Obviously, uh, we're just giving examples of appreciation and you know things are going to be different depending on the market and the type of property that you purchase. But great money chat, Keelan. All right. It has been a crazy couple of weeks watching the Fannie Mae 30-year bond drop in trading price. When the Fannie Mae 30-year bond drops in trading price, mortgage, goes, mortgage rates go up. When the Fannie Mae 30-year bond increases in trading price, mortgage rates go down, directly tied to the Fannie Mae 30-year bond. This is the longest period of time that we have seen the bond market drop every day. In the last two trading days, which was Friday and Tuesday, being that President's Day was on Monday, uh, that we had seen midday price adjustments for the worst which we have not seen that in quite a while. Mortgage interest rates are still historical low. However, uh, they've increased three-eighths to a half a percent in rate from the lowest that we've seen them, historical lowest again. And that's been after pandemic. Yesterday's 20-year bond auction was very weak and sparkled the big sell-off. The big bid to cover of 2.15, which measures demand, was well below the average since they started 20-year auction in May of 2020. Additionally, direct and indirect bidders took only 71% of the auction, leaving dealers with the rest and making this a weak auction, uh, the weakest since they started. Now, the Fed minutes... Uh, heard from Powell last week that the economy is far from where it needs to be and the easing policy won't change soon, meaning that the Fed's rate will still remain at zero and the Fed will keep buying mortgage-backed securities and treasuries to artificially keep the uh, rates a little bit lower. Now, the Fed's fund rate is the cost that banks uh, borrow against from each other. Prime rate is directly tied to the Fed's fund rate. However, obviously, it's higher than the zero Fed's fund rate because there has to be a margin of profit there. Now, the Mortgage uh, Bankers Association released their mortgage application data for last week, showing that overall application volumes decreased by 5.1%. Purchases down 6%, however, are still up 15% this time from last year. Refinances were down 5% last week. However, st they're still showing a year-over-year -year growth of 51%. Now, the refinance share of mortgage activity dropped below 70% for the first time in four months decreasing from 70.2% or decreasing to 70.2% down to 69.3% of all loans. Housing starts were down 6% in January or now 2.3% year over year. The most important figure to track is single family starts, which are down 12% month over month, however, are up 17.5% year over year. A reason for the decline is likely the bad weather across the U.S. We were talking about that in studio before we went live. On the positive side, permits were up 10.4% and are up 22.5% year over year. Single family permits were up 3.8% last month and 30% year over year. Now, the NAHB Housing Market Index, which measures builder confidence, rose one point in February to 84, which was a bit stronger than expectations. A reading above 50 signals, signals expansion, and we are obviously well above that level. Also, we are near the highest levels on record. Great news. Current sales remained stable at 90. Future sales expectations fell by three points to 80. 
and buyer traffic increased four points to 72. Initial job claims with measures individual filing for unemployment benefits for the first time increased by 13,000 to 681,000. However, there was revisions higher the previous week in the amount of 55,000 55, net from what we thought last week claims got worse by 68,000. Continuing claims of those that continue to receive benefits decreased by 64,000 to 4.5 million. The pandemic unemployment assistant claims, which gives individual benefits who would not qualify, usually qualify, and the pandemic emergency claims, which extends claims by 13 weeks after regular benefits expired, dropped by 258,000 and 718,000 respectively. The total number of continued benefits in all programs for last week ending July 30th were 18.3 million, a decrease from 1.3 million from the previous week. There were 2.1 million weekly claims filed for benefits in all programs and comparable week in 2020. Bottom line, the unemployment picture is not getting any better and it's actually getting a little bit worse. That's your Money Chat for today. Coming up next in the Money Hour panel conversation with Tibby Bodakin of A1 Senior Care Advisors and Rosie Aiello of Love is Kind Network right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Stop people pleasing, please. Rosie Aiello empowers women emerging from narcissistic and abusive relationships to reclaim their voice, value, confidence, and courage so that they can create their productive, prosperous, and joyful life they desire. This is Rosie Aiello with the Love is Kind Network. To learn more about my work and to contact me, go to theloveiskindnetwork.com. Also, listen to my podcast, Vulnerable to Valuable, found on many popular platforms. To receive your free 11 Freedom Fulfillment Pillars Guide to Reclaiming Your Voice, Value, Confidence, and Courage, go to bit.ly forward slash Rosie Gift. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Rosie Gift. You deserve to be treated with kindness, and that starts by being kind to yourself. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. The following is an encore presentation of The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You're listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the virtual show. We are currently temporarily moved virtually. You can also listen to our show on podcast or catch us at air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect with you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on the show, we'll have our panel conversation with our two guests. Tibby Bodican of A1 Senior Care Advisors and Rosie Aiello of the Love 
is Kind Network right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome, uh, Tibby and Rosie, to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get... Yeah, thank you, Tibby. Before we get into our panel conversation, I would love to share with our listeners a little bit about both of you. Uh, so first with Tibby, with over 20 years expertise in senior living and health care, Tibby is one person you need to know when looking for assisted living, dementia, Alzheimer's care, adult family homes, and everything else related to senior care. He is described by others in the industry as experienced, trustworthy, personal, and professional. Tibby's experience will help you and your family navigate and understand the complexity of senior care industry in our community. He will just make it easy. And a little bit about Rosie. After 25-year relationship, Rosie engineered an international escape from the Middle East back to the United States to save her young daughter and herself from domestic violence. Stunned by PTSD and nearly mentally destroyed, she reinvented herself becoming a speaker, best-selling author, multi-award winning entrepreneur and host of the Vulnerable and Valuable podcast. And now she's with the kind love of her life. With her unique systems and powerful coaching, she empowers women who have emerged from abuse, narcissistic and controlling relationships to reclaim their voice, value, and confidence so that they can create a productive and joyful life they desire. And she gives women to find the kind love of their life. Great uh, bios for both of you. That's why you're both here and excited to have a little panel conversation with you. What a uh, powerful story. Holy smokes. I'm so excited to have you guys. Uh, I'm going to speak in a powerful story. I'm going to talk to you, Rosie, first. Um, what brought you into your line of work? Your story is incredible. Well, that's part of what brought me into my line of work. And to be honest with you, when my daughter and I were starting to write her a memoir, um, I got I had I was taking a break writing my memoir, and I just um, just to say it point blank, God was just yelling at me. Let me just tell you straight up, He was just saying, "I called you to do this work," and I'm going, "Not really." And He goes, "You arguing with me?" And I go, "Well, I guess so, you know." But um, it took me a while, and then. I just realized how many women are suffering and I want to be that example of, of what's possible and that you don't have to live your life that way. That is so beautiful. Yeah. I have a keynote. Uh, it's called tragedy to triumph. And you know, that's exactly what I believe with every tri tragedy, there is a triumph of equal balance on the other side. Mm -hmm. However, not a lot of people make it to that other side. And that's what's so powerful about what you're doing. Rosie is really being able to show that it is possible and what it looks like on the other side to triumph because of the tragedy that you went to. Uh, so, so beautiful that you're able to share your message. So Rosie, what is currently happening in, uh, well, actually, I'm going to go to Tibby. Um, no, actually, Keelan, you were going to ask Tibby that question. I just jumped right in there. That, that's okay. We're moving the show <laughs> right along. Uh, it's it all is good. what it is. We got we to gotta get Tibby's answer, too. Yeah, what, we got to uh, get what, Tibby's answer. <laughs> what brought you into your line of work, Tibby? Well, I, I was privileged to grow up in a family where my father was a doctor and my mother was a nurse. I grew up in the medical um, field, so to speak. I uh, 
also I was very lucky that my grandparents they they were very close to my to myself and to my sister and my family. I watched them grow. I watched them grow older, and I developed this uh, passion for uh, elderly, uh, especially when I noticed that they got to the point where they needed help. Uh, they needed more and more help. And uh, I thought I would be, besides other things that I've done in my life, I got to a point in my life where I thought, you know, this is what I really want to do. And I'm very passionate and compassionate about what I do. I put all my heart and soul into it. And uh, um, I'm so lucky that I can do that every day. Yeah, Echebi, I love your accent and uh, it's beautiful. And I, I love this question uh, because for, for both of you, you can you know tell you're passionate about what you do and compassionate about what you do because it's directly tied to your story and your journey in life. And on the other side, you're able to take that, uh, that journey and what you've learned through it to share and be of service to others. So uh, really beautiful. Uh, Rosie, so back to my question that I just jumped in there is uh, what is currently happening right now in your uh, your industry? And there just there are a lot of organizations, a lot of organizations that are out to to help um, women and children and and men. It's it's mostly women, but you know there everyone is affected um, by abuse. There's in the United States, there's a national domestic hotline. There's and every single state has their own. And there are coaches like me who are helping women. So it's really, it's the dialogue is getting more and more out there. Yet there's so much more that we have to do to, to really move forward in this. There are over a billion women, over a billion women from age 15, the stats are from age 15 and up that are affected by domestic violence. And for me, the goal is to really get to the root, the root cause. Right now, these are all band-aids, which we all need. I mean, I want a woman to be able to live her full life. So it's a lot of work, very active. I'm on many summits uh, on this topic. Yeah, I, I would imagine that there's a, a lot of conversation and topics around this, especially with everything that we've gone through uh, in 2020. So, Tibby, how about for you? What's happening in your uh, in your line of work? Well, in the in the senior care industry, Tina, um, the COVID nineteen uh, has a great impact, um, and. Uh, Many of the seniors, they're, they're isolated. They haven't seen one-on-one in person. They haven't been able to uh, give a hug to a loved one for almost a year now. And uh, we're still dealing with that. So we are, in, I would say, in a continuing transition uh, in regards to um, people moving into uh, from hospitals or from home, moving into um, a care senior care facility, um, we do virtual tours. Uh, we do the best we can from the distance to accommodate all the needs. So, you know, every day it's a new day. We're trying to adapt. We're trying to deal with it. We are so um, anxious and we can't wait to get to the end of this. So things will get back to uh, our one-on-one yes. uh, interaction with uh, with people that we want to help. 
Yeah. And I'm uh, not living it as a senior, but living it as, as a, as a daughter, my, my husband's uh, mom is uh, in a home and she has a, a dementia and Alzheimer. And, and I thought when it first happened, what are they thinking? You know, where did we go and why aren't we there? And yeah, we're still, it's still behind glass. And then one of the caregivers had COVID. So then they had to just stay in their room all the time and they couldn't come out. So um, yeah, pretty devastating uh, uh, for them and what they're, what they're going through for sure. Yes. Uh, Rosie, I, I love this question, especially with people like yourself that are so extremely passionate about what you do. Um, what do you love? And there's a lot to love, but what do you love most about what you do? Oh, man. Um, I, I guess the first thing that I love is being able to help um, transform these women. You know, I, it's like magic, just seeing how they grow. And one of the things I teach, because it's called the Love is Kind Network, is that you deserve to be treated with kindness. And when I first tell women that, you know, I'm talking to her and looking in her eyes, it's like she's stunned, like, really? That I, I can that's for me, you know, I deserve kindness. I mean, that's how, and that's how I was. I, I didn't think I deserved it. So spreading that word that real love is kind is, is what keeps my heart fluttering and keep going every single day. I, I could just talk forever on this. Wow. That's super powerful. I just thinking about that, that hit home, like somebody that doesn't think they deserve better. That hurts my heart so bad. And what wow. an amazing gift that you're giving people just to realize, yes, everybody deserves love. That's insane. And the ones that don't think that they deserve it are the ones that are most broken and deserve it the most. Yeah. That's so hard. Um, what about you, Tibby? What do you love most about what you do? Well, um, I love everything I do at, during the day and I love the satisfaction at the end of the day knowing that I was able to help someone um, and you know my, my father passed away about a year ago and he had uh, advanced dementia my mom is still alive she's about 93 years old she currently has advanced dementia so I'm, I'm, I'm connected to what I do from a personal and professional level so I know the challenges. I know what it takes to, to uh, situate someone who needs a lot of help into the right place, into the right environment, being surrounded by the right people. And um, if, I, if I'm able to achieve that, and luckily I have been able to achieve that, um, at the end of the day, when I lay my head down, I, I can fall asleep with, uh, with a good feeling and with a smile. Yeah, a beautiful thing to do. Uh, we've got just a, a couple minutes here, so 30-second answers so I can get an answer from both of you. Uh, Rosie, what are you doing in your business that sets you aside different from whatever your competitor might uh, be offering? I really, I have, a, I have a unique system called the Freedom Fulfillment Pillars and really super powerful coaching. And with that combination, women are transformed sometimes within hours, within an yeah. hour. And I'd imagine your story makes you a definitely unique as well, that you have been there and you've experienced um, uh, a lot of trauma yourself. Thank you, Rosie. Uh, Tibby, what about you? Uh, what, is, what is your uh, company doing that sets you aside in the industry? Well, Tina, um, it, pretty much every situation is different. Every family, every person is different. So I just go with the flow. I adapt with the situation. Me and my competition, we all do the best we can to accommodate someone needs when it comes down to, to senior care. Again, yeah. you know, I'm happy and privileged to be able to do it. And I think yeah. that shows. 
Yes, it, it absolutely shows. You can see the glow in your face that you're passionate and compassionate about what you do in helping seniors. And yeah, I imagine it's, you know, it's a challenging to be able to, uh, to adapt to all of the different dynamics that are happening, depending on what stage that that senior happens to be in their journey. So wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you both for participating in our panel conversation coming up next on the Money Hour, Care Options for Seniors. We're going to have more conversation with Tibby of A1 Senior Care Advisors right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. The following is an encore presentation of The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the virtual show. We are temporarily moved virtual. You can also catch us on podcast and on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or go online at themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, we have Tibby Barkan of A1 Senior Care Advisors, Care Options for Seniors, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Well, Tibby, let's say I'm getting to that milestone in life and, um, you know, uh, what options do I have? I have a while, by the way, before that's going to be an option for me. Yeah, you do. You've got a long while, Keelan. But it's best to be prepared. So what options are available for our seniors in the community or maybe when I'm a senior? We, we are lucky to, to live in an area where there are lots of options available. And But just to give you like a broad general idea, um, there are independent livings, assisted livings, memory care facilities for those suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's, adult family homes, um, respite care, as well as hospice care for those who need it. And yeah, so it sounds like there is a, there is a lot of options. And I know for uh, my mother-in-law, she started out in memory care, and then she actually moved out of memory care into the general population, which was really, really exciting. So it was great to see because of the care uh, that companies like uh, yours provide Tibby, she got in there and she was so much better than she was going in. So let's uh, start out with the independent living. What does that look like? Independent living it's a best, is the best environment for people who are independent. They don't need any care. They don't need any um, care services related things. And they just want to move out of their home and uh, benefit of a full program of um, you know, housekeeping and the chef cooking three meals a day and the full activity and social uh, programs. Um, they don't have to deal with the yard work. Um, and, and, you know, if something breaks down around the house, they don't have to deal with that. So they move into an, an independent living community. They have options between a studio, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom apartments. They're beautiful. Um, and um, everything gets included in the monthly rent. It is a month to month 
um, program or there is a buy-in program depending on the company they they uh, want to be with. Let's talk about assisted living. What uh, What's the difference with assisted living? Assisted livings, uh, it comes down to licensing. And many of the assisted livings, they are independent living as well. It's something that I call, it's a flexible licensing. And uh, basically, if uh, someone, a senior, an elderly person, they would move into an assisted living, but they don't need any care. They don't need... Um, any personal care or medication administration, anything like that, they just pay the rent. And in the rent, it's all inclusive. Basically, everything is included. The only thing they might have to pay would be a phone line or a cell phone and uh, and the cable TV. Um, but when they, in time, when they get to the point where they start needing help and assistance, the, the services will come to them, will come to their apartment. So they stay where they are. They don't have to move anywhere else. And uh, they just, they're going to be evaluated for what they need in regards to assistance. And that, would, that could be medication administration, yeah. uh, help with personal care, with bathing, showering, uh, anything that is care related all those services would come to them and they don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And what a, a huge benefit, because when you start losing your ability to do things that you always have been, that has to be traumatic enough with how to then relocating to somewhere else. Whereas if you, you just get to stay there and that transition transition is going to be a lot easier. So Tippy, the yeah. concept of adult family home is intriguing. Can you share a little bit about, uh, Adult family homes. Adult family home is a setting that is uh, it is great for people who got already to a point where they need more care, supervision, and assistance. It's either due to age or illness or impairments. Um, you know, when when someone gets to that point, then adult family home it could be a great environment for them. Um, it's a much smaller environment than an assisted living. I, uh, I uh, classify that in two categories. The adult family homes could be a regular home, just like mine and yours, that has been remodeled to meet the criteria uh, for licensing to become an adult family home, uh, or the ones that they were built from the ground up to be an adult family home. Um, the second category, they, they tend to be larger, more square footage. Uh, every room has a private bathroom, uh, possibly every private bathroom has a private shower. Uh, the dining area, the common areas, they, they seem to be larger. Um, but the care, it's excellent in both settings. And uh, it's a smaller environment. It's much easier to navigate. Everything gets a few steps away. If you need to go from, uh, from the room to the dining area or to the common area, you don't have to go down the hallway, take an elevator. Everything is just right outside the room. Um, so much easier to navigate. It works very well for people with dementia and Alzheimer's because it's easier to navigate in a smaller environment. Oh it's easier to remember things. Not only that, but the adult family home is truly an environment where full care can be provided all the way to end of life through hospice. Um, it is the environment where uh, the staff to resident ratio would allow one-on-one -on -one supervision and care 24 seven uh, when or if needed. Got it. So and there I was are a lot of advantages ask. about, 
Yes. And I was just going to ask the advantages, but then you answered it. I mean, the smaller, it makes it easier if you have uh, dementia or Alzheimer's because it's a smaller environment. There's less people that are around. So um, yeah, it sounds like a great, a great option. So what's the difference between um, a care, an adult family home, and then the dementia and Alzheimer's care facility, as opposed to the assisted living? A memory care facility, it's uh, mostly designed for people that have mental impairments like dementia or Alzheimer's. And really what sets apart a memory care um, versus an assisted living is that memory care, uh, it's, a, it's a locked facility. Basically, all the exit doors, uh, the gates, if they have a patio or a backyard, uh, they're all locked 24-7. So people who are wondering, people who are confused and seeking exit, they're not able to exit. Probably, you know, I'm sure you did and many of, of uh, people in your audience uh, saw on the news about, you know, an elderly person getting lost. Um, and scenarios like that happen if people who uh, are confused or they have dementia or Alzheimer's on a, a more advanced level, they, they go outside their home uh, to pick up the mail, but then they find themselves, they forget why they went outside, and then they forget how to go back to their homes. They start walking down the street, and in many cases, they get lost. In a memory care, that cannot happen. You know, they, the people who have um, um, symptoms like that, they're not able to exit the building. So that really yeah. what it sets apart from a licensing perspective. Memory care, it's a fully licensed, meaning that they're able to provide full care all the way to end of life. Yeah. And one thing I want to mention, one, if I may, one thing I want to mention going back to the assisted living that I think it's very important and, and many of, of my clients are calling me for this particular reason is that all of the assisted livings, they are called assisted livings, but each one of them is licensed differently. And depending on the licensing they have, they can or cannot provide certain services. So we want to make sure my role is that if I advise a family to move into an assisted living, I want to make sure that we find out all the technicalities in regards to their licensing. So we don't want someone to move in there and two or three years later to receive a 30-day notice to move out because the facility is not able to provide services any longer. Wow, yeah. So um, uh, th this is one of the things about assisted livings where uh, I think uh, uh, people out there, they need to pay a little bit more attention to that particular detail yes. in regards to the licensing there. Yeah, very. And that's why having a, a, an expert that understands and knows all of the different facilities and what is going to be best for you. Yeah, my uh, my mother-in-law, her she realized that she couldn't find her way home. And if she wasn't walking her dog, she might have not made it her home. Her dog, uh, Seiko. Uh, helped her get home. And that was kind of, but yeah, like I said, they, she went into memory care and there was a code, you know, she couldn't get out and it was really sad. But again, I'm just so happy when you, when they get to where they need to be, then you can actually see sometimes they can improve and, you know, get into the general population. Um, so let's talk about uh, what is a skilled nursing facility and what's the difference between a skilled nursing facility and a nursing home? That's a really good question, Tina, and uh, there is a little bit of confusion around that uh, out there in the community. A skilled nursing facility, basically, it's a, it's a re rehabilitation center, and it's mostly used by, by people post-hospital, post-surgery, post-procedures to go into a skilled nursing facility. So they start a therapy program 
while they're in the hospital, and then they continue that physical, occupational, speech, swallowing therapy into a skilled nursing facility. Skilled nursing, it's um, um, by far in most cases, is covered by insurance, by Medicare, HMOs, or private, private insurances. Um, uh, there are some people that electively want to be in a skilled nursing facility for 24-7 care and supervision and therapy programs, but that would be uh, if they don't have a doctor's order, if they don't meet the criteria for the skilled nursing, then that would be an out-of-pocket expense. Um, a, a nursing home, on the other hand, uh, would be a uh, um, would be a long-term care facility. So it's mostly focused on um, um, custodial care. Uh, it is not focused on therapies, um, and uh, the goal would be to bring someone to a higher level of, uh, of uh, independence. So nursing home, um, it's either private pay or it's paid by Medicaid for the people who are under a Medicaid program, state program, uh, but it's mostly focused on custodial care and that would be long-term care. Uh, skilled nursing, on the other hand, it's a, it's a temporary stay, a national average stay in a skilled nursing facility, it's about 24 days. Well, unfortunately, Tibby, we're running. I think we have one minute left here, so we might be able to squeeze two questions, but I'm going to skip down a little bit to uh, to what people I'm sure are eager to know is how can they find Tibby and your company and get your assistance? Yes. So A1 Senior Care Advisors is a uh, referral placement and advisory service for seniors. My website is uh, a1seniorcareadvisors.com. Uh, my phone number is 425-324-5592. Um, anyone is very welcome to call me with any questions they might have. I get a lot of calls with people finding me online and they just have a question. They, they're curious about something in regards to to uh, senior care. There is one thing I want to mention, and I have this here strategically placed. Uh, it is an award that I won, uh, let's see, I won last year uh, by a Better Business Bureau. It's a Torch Awards for Ethics, and I was uh, chosen as Business of the Year for 2020. Wow. Um, wow. So I'm very grateful for this. Yes, and congratulations. And what uh, there couldn't be a better award to receive in your industry than ethics, because That's there what I is That's yes, what I, I, I can't think of any a better award than when you're working with seniors in ethics. I know there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that uh, happen out there that seniors are getting taken advantage of, and you know to uh, to be in your line of work and be recognized as winning the award for ethics for the year. Huge congratulations to you. And it's an honor to have you here on our show, Tibby. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And coming up next in the money hour, stop people pleasing, please. Rosie Aiello of the Love is Kind Network right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Stop people-pleasing, please. Rosie Aiello empowers women emerging from narcissistic and abusive relationships to reclaim their voice, value, confidence, and courage so that they can create their productive, prosperous, and joyful life they desire. This is Rosie Aiello with the Love is Kind Network. To learn more about my work, 
And to contact me, go to theloveiskindnetwork.com. Also, listen to my podcast, Vulnerable to Valuable, found on many popular platforms. To receive your free 11 Freedom Fulfillment Pillars Guide to Reclaiming Your Voice, Value, Confidence, and Courage, go to bit.ly forward slash Rosie Gift. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Rosie Gift. You deserve to be treated with kindness, and that starts by being kind to yourself. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. The following is an encore presentation of The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You're listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the virtual show. We are still temporarily moved virtually. You can listen to us also on podcasts or on air on... 1150 AM KKNW on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local money, everything that has to do with your money. We're here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have Rosie Aiello of the Love is Kind Network. Stop people pleasing, please is our title for Rosie right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Well, Rosie, I think uh, everybody, people, like not everybody, but I think men and women can be guilty of people pleasing. And today we're referencing women. And as a a well-mannered young man, I feel I don't want to reference women specifically. I get caught in these sometimes in these questions because I'm I'm the guy here and I don't want it to be offensive. Why do women do you think people please? Nice disclosure, Keelan. You're right. I'm trying my best. <laughs> and it's, it's all okay. But I think I think uh, women have a tendency to do it more. You know, the men can qualify on that. But, you know, it's like we end up trying to, to prove ourselves. And women are kind of groomed to be self-sacrificing, to give. And we just, it just comes out, well, we, we have to just, you know, we have to prove ourselves. So instead of being just being who we are, we go around proving ourselves. And when you do that, each time you, you give in, you're really giving up a part of you. So just think of that. Every time you give in to, to something and you kind of know it in your heart that just doesn't feel right, but okay, I'll just do it. You're giving up. And every time you give up a part of you, you're covering up your authentic self and slowly layer after layer, your whole true self becomes buried. Yes. And I, you know, we say you, you have to be your best self to be your best for others. And when you feel that you're renting out space, stop, stop renting out your space and just live to be best for you. And then you can contribute to others. So I know that there is a lot of different types of abuse. uh, One of them being financial abuse. Can you talk about that and what you've seen Rosie uh, with financial abuse? Yes. I, I, and I really wanted to talk about this being on the money hour, right? For, for everybody to really be aware of this. So as a background, because I want people to understand, it really doesn't matter your education or how smart you are or whatever. I have an MBA in finance, but that did not prevent me from being in a very financially abusive relationship as well. So it was, uh, and because I was people pleasing, right? I didn't have a voice. So it, it looked like 
he gave me a budget. So I didn't, I couldn't spend what I wanted, just whatever he gave me. And that was just part of the household. So there was a control there. I, I worked for him for many years. I was in the Middle East. I was working for him. I created all of his financials, the accounting, everything. I didn't get paid for years. And then out of the blue, he decides to pay me, give me, you know, he decides what the salary is, which is okay. But then he decides what to do with my salary. So I never really saw it. Okay. Then I had owned a home. So please advise your, your buyers, right? I owned a home and um, we came in the United States because we were living overseas. I owned a home uh, in my name in the United States three days before we were, you know, he coerced me to kind of, you know, push me to sell it when I didn't really want to sell it, but I didn't really, couldn't ha handle that. So he just pushed me and pushed me three days. He forced me into a quick claim deed. I mean, I can see right now at the table when the lawyer was there and not representing me. I mean, I knew him and I had to sign. So he took half the money and that was it. So this is a real common thing with women and why women don't leave is also because of, of finances, because they're not working because of the, they haven't been working. So financial abuse comes in lots of different within the abuse many, many ways. And I want yeah. the women to really be aware of that. And when they're writing up their contracts for homes. Yeah. And even if not to that extreme of financial abuse as a woman, you need to make sure, or a man, if the woman's in charge of the finances, it can go either way. You must know what's happening with your finances. You must have access, understand where the money's going and, and all of that. So yeah, great, uh, Rosie. Mm. Rosie, what are um, what are some of the mistakes that women make when they've experienced this, you know, abuse and narcissism? Uh, what mistakes do they often make when they're looking for a new partner to share life with? Yeah, thank you for that question because I think it's just you know they first of all they're in such trauma and then trying to get through that, uh, but then they um, because they're in that people pleasing thing, you know, they're looking for Mr. Right. There's like, now I want, I want to find Mr. Right, but they haven't really found their own right. Who, who am I? How, how do I show up? Do I love myself? Am I kind to myself? And this has been a, a big problem with women is that they expect the other person to love them more than they love themselves. And that will never, ever work, you know? And also they, um, they, they want to, they think they know why it's like, oh, I just, I'm tired of being lonely. I don't want to be lonely. And when you come from a position of feeling desperate, you can't seek the person that you're, you, you really, that you deserve, right? And that kind of ties into the other one where, oh, I don't want to be anybody. I don't want to be with somebody who's controlling me or who's abusive or who's going to hurt me. So you look for people who don't do that instead of looking for people who are going to be kind to you, who are going to love you. You look for something that you want, not something you don't want, or you look for someone. Yeah. And you know, that's, um, it's, it's interestingly listening to you say that. Cause I've, you know, I talk a lot about affirmations and, and, you know, you, you can't say what you don't want. Mm -hmm. You can only, you say what you do want. You know, I don't want to be late. I'm not going to be late. I'm not going to be late. The reason you're late is because you're saying I'm not going to be late. The brain doesn't understand the words. It only understands the emotion behind the words. So if you're voicing out what you don't want, the emotion is attached to, what you don't want. You want your emotions and, and your excitement and your heart to be attached to what you're excited for coming up for you, right? Absolutely. So let's talk about the inspiration behind the name for your business, Love is Kind Network. 
Well, it ties in as a great segue from what you just said. So when I was creating the, the, the company name, again, I even though I work with women who have been in narcissistic or abusive, toxic relationships, I didn't want that in the title. I didn't want that energy. I wanted, what is it that I want? What is it that women want? Again, looking for bringing in that energy. And so it was, well, real love is kind. And that's what I'm going to focus on. That's what I want the women to think about and focus on. So that's the whole thing. And it was kind of inspired by excuse me, Mother Teresa. She said, if you, something to the effect, if you invite me to an anti-war rally, I won't attend. If you invite me to a pro-peace rally, I will be there. It's the same thing what you were just saying before. I just, it's what we want. Go for the energy and create that energy. That's huge. What about, um, what, you know, you mentioned and alluded to like blaming yourself, not feeling worthy. So what do women um, who blame themselves or feel some shame around some of this, how can they shift a little easier? Yeah, it's, it's really common, especially, you know, you know, any woman, but you know, when you're, when you've been really successful and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, I, I tried to do that. I tried to meet his goals. I tried and tried and nothing, everything failed. You know, what's wrong with me? I, oh, I should have gotten out earlier. I should have done this. And you hear abuse and then you start abusing yourselves with all this self-criticism. And it's really to step back and really offer yourself some self-compassion, some self-kindness to understand that you were probably in survival mode and you did the best you could and beating yourself up is not going to help you at all. Just offer just some kind, gentle words. Hey, you know, I did the best I could and I'm on my road now to figuring it all out and getting support. Yes. Yeah, not beating yourself up, not wishing somebody would treat you better, not uh, talking about what you don't want, instead focusing about what you are deserving to have and will have in the future. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine, Rosie, the reason that people continue that are in these challenging spaces, their own challenging space, because that's really what it is. It's their space, their only control of their own space and their their own uh uh, beliefs of what they need to do to have a better life is the repeating the process with the abusers and and not just in partnerships, but that ties into business. Is that why, or what's the other reason that this process continues to repeat over and over and over again? Yeah. I, and I have a podcast and I've interviewed many women who they're business partners and they got into the people pleasing again, is that just sucks you down. And so what happens is that women don't recognize what they're doing unless they start to do some really self-reflection or they have some coaching to, to, to see outside what the patterns are because you only your brain is going to dictate what it knows, right? You think you're making conscious decisions, but most of those decisions are on the subconscious level. And so they're just, the brain says, well, that, that seems really comfortable to me, you know, what, what you're doing. So even for kindness, kindness was uncomfortable for me. I had to learn, I had to learn to be treated with kindness. So you start to look for, you know, the red flags of a narcissistic relationship, and then you create healthy boundaries and you act upon them. And this is a process. They have to practice new beliefs. They have to understand their brain and how things are working. Yeah, so um, so true, and that's why the you know affirmations are so important because if you don't have positive conversations with yourself, you're only left to the uh, intentional positive type conversations. You're only left with the unintentional conversations that naturally you're having with yourself, which we know the majority of those are negative. 
Well, that is the end of our show. And uh, Tibby and Rosie, we want to thank you both for uh, for being here today and sharing your uh, expertise and passion that you have in your individual businesses. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to be here. You're welcome, Tibby. This is your, thank you, Rosie. This is your host, Tina Mitchell and... And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. I didn't know where I was going there. I was just going to like chime in there for you, which I never do. What the heck? Well, we are. We are your local mortgage experts and we are signing off for the day. Great news though. We'll be back here same time, same place next week for a little more chat on money right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.